The question is whether it's right and good for Christians to have family worship. That is, for the family to gather and read the Bibles and pray and memorize verses, sing songs, do whatever is right and fitting for families to do. And the question arises because you were asked um, or, or you came to that realization that that's good. But then when you asked your pastor, your pastor in a previous church said, that if you were to do that, it would be legalistic. And so that discouraged you from doing it. Well, actually, the Bible says the opposite. In obeying the Bible, it's never legalism. If you obey the Bible the way it's supposed to be obeyed, and of course you do it in faith, you do it with the right heart and you do it in faith, then it is not legalism. Obedience to Scripture is not legalism. If we have a proper definition of legalism, it is doing those things which are in addition to Scripture and imposing those on us. For example, Matthew 15, 1 to 19, uh, Jesus described legalism there. Traditions of men undermining the Bible is legalism. Traditions of men inevitably undermine the Bible. Matthew 15. Another example of that would be to emphasize the wrong things or to ignore the weightier things. Matthew 23, 23 to 24. And then a third example of legalism would be if we think doing good works will save us from sin, when good works will not save us from sin. We know this from Romans 3, 27 to 28. We know this from Romans 10. 1 to 4, that doing good works will not save us. So legalism would be doing those things, but legalism is not obeying God's word. If we have faith and we obey God's word, that's not legalism. Why? John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. This we find in 1 John 2, 3 to 6, that we can't claim to know him and not keep his commandments. Therefore, whatever is in scripture, we must obey. Then the next question is, worshiping as a family or teaching your children, teaching first your wife, if you're married, teaching your wife and then teaching your children, is that something God expects of us to do? Is that found in Scripture or not? And the answer is yes, a definite yes. We read in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. 2 Timothy 1, 5. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. This faith that Timothy has was first in his mother and actually first in his grandmother, Lois. From grandmother to mother to son. How is it that this faith came to Timothy? Did it come to Timothy because his, um, his father taught him? No, because his father was an unbeliever. We read about him, the father of Timothy, in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, 1 to 3. 
And he came also to Derbe and to Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Now we know the name of the Jewish woman, Eunice, right? And then it says, verse 2, And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. The Greeks, being unbelievers, did not circumcise their male, male children. So Paul did so to Timothy later in his life. And therefore we know his father was not a believer, but his mother was a believer and grandmother was a believer. Turn back to 2 Timothy and chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3. What was the means? What was the way in which his mother and grandmother taught Timothy? 2 Timothy 3. 14. 2 Timothy 3, 14. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Where did Timothy learn it, or since when did he learn it? Verse 15 says, from childhood. He learned the sacred writings, the sacred writings, the holy writings of Scripture, which are mentioned in verse, which is mentioned in verse 16. All Scripture. And this is the Old Testament. His mother and grandmother taught him the Old Testament and that faith so that it might bring salvation to him through faith which is in Christ Jesus. How else would they do it? It wouldn't be just a little here, a little there, um, incoherently. It has to be by deliberately, intentionally setting aside some time to teach him, to read the scripture to him, and then to teach him what it says, what it means. Right? That's how he would learn the gospel. Another place, Proverbs Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 3. 4, 3, and 4. Proverbs 4, 3. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. The father is teaching the son to keep the commandments of the father. Now, the commandments of the Father are not uh, sit up straight necessarily, though they should do that. Not eat all the food on your plate, which they should do that too. It's not just things like that, but it has to do with conformity to God's Word. Because the Father would be teaching the Son God's Word. Look at chapter 6, Proverbs 6, Proverbs six, twenty. My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Father and mother teaching them. Then one more, Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 7. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. 
And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. The greatest commandment is issued right here in verses 4 and 5. To love God, right? And after we love God first, who should be the first beneficiaries of our love for God? Our children. It says so. That which is on our heart, verse 6, which is what God commands us, we learn the, the Word of God first, then we teach the Word of God to our children. Diligently, verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. That would be family worship, family devotions, whatever we call it. That's what's right there. But also, when we're walking here and there, or nowadays driving here and there, and when we are lying down at night, and when we get up in the morning, our first and last thoughts, even to, to our children, should be something about the Bible. May God bless you. Let's pray together. How can I pray for you? Things like that. This is what we should do with them. Always teaching them in this way. So if someone dissuades us from teaching the Bible to our children, what are they really dissuading us from doing? From presenting salvation, the truth of salvation to them. But who do we love the most? Don't we love our immediate family the most? That's the natural way. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? We're supposed to love them. They are our flesh and blood. So we should be teaching our own families for the sake of their salvation. If we withhold the word of God from them, we are jeopardizing their souls. It's not good at all. It's not good, let alone for a pastor to say that to anyone that it would be legalism if you had any, any method or systematic way of doing so. In fact, it's contrary to the way pastors are supposed to be. 1 Timothy 3, 4 and 5. 1 Timothy 3, 4 and 5. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? The pastor should manage his own household well first, and part of that management is teaching them God's Word. And then obedience to it, at least when they are small children, keeping them under control with all dignity. And if he doesn't do that in his own household, both spiritually and practically in his own household, he's unfit to take care of the church of God. He has no business doing so. That's how serious of a matter it is. It's a matter of salvation for our children, and it's a matter of demonstrating love for God for our children, and pastors who don't teach that are actually culpable before God. My brethren, let not many of us become teachers, for as such we shall incur a stricter judgment. There's going to be a strict judgment against false teaching like that from God.